So let's talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you first mentioned eating disorders. From your understanding or from your experience, um, I understand this is what um, influenced your decision on what PhD you wanted to pursue. But before that, there's something that must have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us more about that? Right. Um, so I think throughout this discussion, I've kind of given you some idea as to like my upbringing and, um, you know, what I was exposed to as a child. Um, I think one of the things I also want to kind of emphasize is that, um, you know, when it came to like family dynamics and things like that, um, my parents were actually not the stereotypical South Asian parents who mm-hmm. are absolutely strict and, you know, want me to get good grades. Mm-hmm. I, that was something that I kind of imposed on myself because that's what I thought I had to do as a South Asian woman. Like wh- um, who told you? What what made you? Right. It was actually just things I kind of, you know, absorbed from my environment. Um, for example, I remember as a young kid in, you know, maybe third grade, eight, year, eight years old, mm. um, I had or my mom had a friend who was um, white and she saw me and the first thing she said was, oh, she must be so good in math. You know, you Indians are, you know, really good at math. And, you know, comments like that, you know, while they're supposed to make you feel good or you think they're supposed to make you feel good, it puts an immense amount of pressure pressure on someone who hears that. And, you know, you hear that and then you see, you know, movies and TV shows that always have that, you know, brown character, that South Asian character who's like the smart character, Mm. who is, you know, the brainy character, the nerdy character. Mm. Um, Especially in the early 2000s, that was the running stereotype. Um, You internalize that. And, you know, of course, my parents wanted me to get good grades. Um, They were never really strict about it once Mm. I got older because they knew I was going to get them because... They saw an overachieving, you know, girl. They saw an overachieving daughter who had no issue with sitting down and doing her work and doing whatever she could to get those grades. But what they didn't see was the internal turmoil. They didn't see how anxious calculus was making me. Mm -hmm. They did not see how, you know, the stress of an upcoming physics exam was keeping me awake at night. No one saw that um, until I told them later on in my life. Mm. And um, so when I look back and think about how my eating disorder manifested, um, I did, my my, my mom, um, you know, had her own mental health issues. And that's something that my family and I had to deal with. And I think a topic for maybe another story, but Mm. that was something I had to deal with um, growing up, um, kind of managing that and kind of um, working around that. Um, But, you know, in high school, I started to feel that kind of pressure because I had my hopes set on a really top university in California. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had teachers in high school telling me, oh, you'll get in. You're like the best student I've ever had in my class. You know, it's going to be no issue. Um, and you know, the day that I opened up an email that I wasn't accept, wasn't, uh, expecting so soon told me otherwise, you know, once I read that this dream university of mine was not going to expect me mm. or accept me, I was just in tears. I had 
an emotional breakdown. I was, you know, you know, rolling on the kitchen floor, just sobbing, crying. I could just feel like my body was being purged or something because I, I, I mean, as a young child, you know, even though I was in my teens, I just had no control over how I felt. Mm. I also felt like at that moment, I had no control over my environment, just in the household and my family, you know, in where I wanted to go to school and how I wanted people to see me. All of that was manifesting into that kind of emotional breakdown that day. And I remember, you know, that was like right before the Christmas holidays, kind of going to the Christmas, going into the Christmas holidays, just feeling very numb, you know, mm-hmm. having no feeling, um, you know, that was like my first instance of uh, dealing with something like that. And I remember um, as I went into the new year, 2010, um, I remember kind of just like staring at the back of like a box of chocolates and just kind of looking at the calories and looking at the nutrition label and just thinking to myself, well, I can control this. I can control how much calories I put in my body. I can control, you know, how I want to look, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't at the time I didn't connect that to an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. I just connected it to something as something in my environment that I could finally have control over. Mm. And, you know, obviously that led to something a little bit more dangerous. It led to a lot more psychological issues than I ever would have imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though it did kind of direct me on a path professionally to, you know, where I am today, Mm. um, it it was a series of years in that it was a, it was a, it was a, um, you know, experience that impacted some very formative years of my life. You know, when you think about going to college, when you think about graduating from high school and starting the next chapter of your life, um, you know, you want to think that you have those years be good. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about how college was one of the best times of their life. For me, it was the absolute opposite. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely depressed. I don't have any close friends from college. Um, I just remember just staring at the clock, wondering when I could have my next meal which wasn't even that substantial of a, of a meal. You know, to this day, I can look at an apple, I can look at a piece of bread, and because of all those years memorizing calories, I know exactly how many calories, you know, a piece of food wow. has. It's just something that will never go away because that is what literally consumed my life for six years. And I, I often joke when people ask me, oh, well, who were your friends in college? I'll say, you know, the brand of, you know, a snack I used to eat all the time. Or I'll say, oh, you know, um, apples and yogurt or something, you know, just some, it's just to kind of put some humor in that. But, you know, my it's relationship serious. was with, right. Um, and so my relationship was with food and only food. And it, it also impacted my relationship with my dad, for example, you know, in my relationship with my mom, I can't really it was, it was very difficult just based on other circumstances with mental health. But, you know, with my dad, um, I think when I talk to him now, he would comment on the fact that he would see me, you know, in a form that he had never seen me before physically Mm -hmm. and emotionally. And he just felt so helpless by the fact that he could not help me until I was ready to help myself. And what do you mean um, physically? Right. Because, you know, um, obviously when you go through something like an eating disorder, it really impacts your body 
And one of the manifestations is how you look physically. And so when I was going through my eating disorder, I still thought, you know, my legs looked big. I still thought, you know, my hips were wide. But then when I look back on the pictures of myself during that time, I was, I was, I was almost a skeleton. I, you know, had sticks for legs. I, you know, think back to my weight at the time. It was significantly low. I mean, I won't say the number because that kind of, those kind of numbers can be triggering for someone who is struggling with that. Mm. Um, But it was, it was, it was not, it was not good. I mean, I think if I had dipped five pounds lower than that number, I could have ended up in the hospital for other reasons. Um, You know, an eating disorder is also just not weight loss. It's also, um, it impacts, you know, your hair growth. I was starting to see um, pitting, so holes and not holes, but just, uh, you know, um, pits in my teeth. Um, I was starting to get cold. Um, You know, even when it was hot outside, I would want to have like a jacket on. Um, You know, just very weird symptoms. I had an instance of, you know, um, bladder issues. Um, I, there were, I, it's, it can, maybe it's an embarrassing thing to say, but I'll say it, but I was having trouble keeping my urine in, you know, just simply stated like that. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very serious disease that not a lot of people take seriously. I think, you know, in this day and age, it's become, we're becoming more aware of it. I think people are starting to understand the importance of mental health and its manifestations and how, especially, uh, influential it can be at certain times in someone's life. Um, but I think when I was going through it, there was really no where to tell anyone or no one to really tell of it to, because it just seemed like it was something, number one, it seemed like it was something I initially wanted to do when I first started off. But then at the same time, it was something I knew that this wasn't good to me. This was not, this was not the answer. And I knew this was something that I needed help getting out of. I just didn't know how to ask for it. And I was afraid to ask for it because at the same time, this, like I said earlier, this was something I had control over the one thing in my life I had control over. And did I really want to give that up at the time? No. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, I think people who, have experience will completely understand what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, but for those who don't, or for the, for those who, you know, or for the first time are hearing about an eating disorder, um, you know, it is something that is just as serious as someone having an addiction or someone going through depression or bipolar. And, 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 and at times all of these things can be related. Um, you know, it's not just one or the other, it's a whole spectrum of, um, disorders related to mental health. So you weren't eating. Yeah, I mean, if we were to talk more about what an eating, how an eating disorder is defined, mm-hmm. um, there can, you know, it's not just not eating something. It can mm-hmm. be, you know, just controlling how much you eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was just obsessively controlling how much I ate. And, you know, I was so obsessed with calories and um, I won't disclose how much, how many calories I ate because, again, it could be triggering, but it was mm-hmm. a very low number, um, mm-hmm. very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, it, I sometimes I wouldn't even eat healthy foods. I would eat, you know cereal and just binge on cereal up until a certain number of uh, calories I allowed myself for the day 
because I was so obsessed with meeting that number and not going over that number. Um, other people that experience eating disorders, um, like you said, they may not eat at all. Um, they may eat only uh, foods they consider healthy. That's something called uh, orthorexia. Um, or another form of um, eating disorder is um, bulimia, where someone actually looks like they're eating. It looks like they're eating a lot of food, but then they may find ways to purge it or get rid of that food through, um, you know, other ways. Um, so eating disorder in itself is a whole spectrum as well. Um, and that's something that I think people are starting to finally realize and actually pay attention to and actually research. Um, I think if you were to go to PubMed and look for the latest research in this field, it's a lot more, it's taken a lot more seriously than it once was. And so that, I think that that's very promising to see. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Um, so did you, how did you get out of it? How do you ask for help? How right. mm -hmm. do you deal with it? If yeah. it's dealing, I don't know. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, um, when I was going through it, I remember telling my dad during one of our conversations, um, I don't think I'm ever going to recover from this. I think this is going to be a part of me for the rest of my life. I don't see myself getting out of this. I That was something I was absolutely um, sure of. Hmm. For me, when when you think about mental health and you think about someone going through or struggling with it, you know, they, uh, they have to find their reason to get out of it themselves. You know, you can try to force them out of it. You can try to find ways to help them out of it. But they, nothing is going to change until they are ready to change. And for me, that happened when I realized that um, there were people around me who I knew were recovering. Mm. Um, I actually found out about them through social media in the early mm. days. And I learned about their journey. So there were a lot of young girls around my age who were documenting their journey of eating disorder recovery. Mm. And I think in those, in, in order to convince myself that I would be okay, that I wouldn't balloon up and I wouldn't explode or, you know, something crazy, you know, just in my eating disorder mind, um, I would kind of watch their journeys and, you know, read about methods that they use to kind of eat more and kind of get out of the mental state they were in. Mm -hmm. And I think part of me saw this and part of me, the practical part of me, um, was able to kind of tell myself that if they can do it and, you know, they're still healthy, they still look, you know, normal, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, why not you, you know, what makes you different from them? You know, yeah. you know, if you were to do exactly what they did, you know, not, what happened to them should happen to you in some way. Um, nothing crazy should happen out of it. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually, you know, mimicked what they were doing in the sense that I would start adding more food to my day, allowing myself more calories in a day, um, you know, very slowly in the beginning, adding little bit, little by little. Mm. And I think when I started doing that, my body was almost, you know, just screaming, yes, give me more, give me more. Um, and it was a very scary feeling because I just felt this constant hunger for months. And... Um, 
it was very scary because I felt like, oh my gosh, like, you know, is my body going to just take all this food and I'm going to store it and I'm going to be fat and whatever, you, you know, those thoughts that come up. Um, but you know, what happened was, um, it, it was almost like once I reached a healthy weight, hmm. I, my body was able to kind of, you know, work with what I gave it and mm -hmm. start to kind of fix itself. You know, for example, going back to the symptoms I was experiencing, um, you know, my bladder, um, I didn't have any more issues with that. I think once mm -hmm. I gave myself the proper nutrition, I was able to kind of, um, let my body go back to normal. The only issue I had at the time was my mental recovery. Um, one thing that a lot of people experience once they, uh, recover from their eating disorder physically. So once they reach a healthy weight, um, they still have to do the work to be happy with their body. Mm. So for me, I would still look at the mirror. I would be obsessing over the scale and over my weight and, you know, seeing that my weight was much higher than it once was mm. and also actually much higher than it was when I was a healthy teenager, for example. Mm. And that really did scare me. Mm. Um, you know, I was retaining water in my body. I was bloated a lot of the time. And I had to remind myself that these are normal symptoms when you're recovering from an eating disorder. Mm. This is what happens when your body, you know, has been given actual food enough food to sustain itself after a very long time mm. and it's going to take some time for your body to find its normal again and yeah. so you know like I said when I was watching these other girls journeys I tried to convince myself that my body would find its way once again mm. and you know after about six months for me I think my body kind of stabilized to a normal weight I was kind of working with a therapist um, as far as, you know, recovering mentally and trying to find peace with my body and peace with what I was seeing in the mirror. Um, and I think looking back, I would say that from the time I started my recovery with eating more calories to the time I was able to look in the mirror and say, I'm happy with who I am, mm. took about two years. It, it really did, I think. Um, and if I had not seen a therapist, if I had not taken the time to work on my mental health and my mental recovery, mm -hmm. it could have taken longer. Um, you know, it's anything to do with mental health. Um, uh, if you are going through something like an eating disorder or depression or anxiety, or you are someone who is prone to developing something like that, mm. um, if you let it go and treat it for, for a very long time, it can be very damaging, but that doesn't mean you can, you're never going to recover from it. It just means that you need to take time to prioritize that. It's going to, it's going to mean, you know, maybe seeing a therapist for, you know, an indefinite amount of time. I think in, throughout my journey, I've seen about four therapists in my you know, in my life, mm. you know, for different reasons. You know, my first therapist was to help me get out of my eating disorder and recover. Mm -hmm. My second one was kind of an intermediate therapist. You know, my third therapist was helping me towards the end of my PhD and kind of um, helping me, you know, get ready for my postdoc. Mm. And my fourth therapist was actually in Italy um, when I was going through the hard time during my postdoc. And, you know, she was kind of helpful in that period of my life. So, you know... Um, Do you want to talk about go, that? 
uh, yes talk about um your experience uh, yeah experiencing with the cause you with, also mentioned something to do with the depression you're doing your postdoc right right um you know i like i like i was saying earlier um for someone who is prone to developing um these types of issues with mental health mm. um it's absolutely important to know where you can get help and how you can get support and therapy depending on your situation can be incredibly helpful especially if you have a therapist who absolutely understands you and your situation mm. um so that means there are some who might not understand and it's important to see right, who might right exactly mm. mm-hmm. because you know not all therapists are the same um some people work differently um you know from the four therapists i've seen in my life the one i had helped in the beginning the first, my first one who helped me get out of my eating disorder i absolutely you know think back to her and think of how much help she was to me because she was um trained to help someone like me get out of an eating disorder and mm. so i think her skills her empathy was what i needed at the time versus let's say my third therapist who was a little bit more direct a little bit more to the point mm. uh, there were times where she was actually a little bit biased in what she said and we actually ended up kind of having a little bit of a debate of politically about things which is you know mm. it really depends on the person um you know some people i think a therapist shouldn't bring in their personal opinions into mm. the room especially if that is their profession to be as unbiased as possible mm. but there are therapists like that so it really depends on what you're looking for and how you you know interact with someone because at the, at the end of the day therapists are people too um yeah. you know they have the training to be a resource but they they have personalities they have opinions and sometimes it's hard to completely stop them from showing up so um these are all things to keep in mind and you know going back to thinking of a phd student someone who is in in their phd and going through you know stress going through um pressure um you know it's it's incredibly important to have someone there to support you if you feel like you need it um you know and that that's not to say you need one for every day for the rest of your life or every week for the rest of your life mm. for me um when i had the therapist at the moments of my life that i needed it it was good for that moment and actually every time i concluded with a therapist mm. i actually felt good about where i was in life um you know and so you can go through life and have moments where you need someone like that mm. and you can go through life and feel good about where you are and f- feel like you don't need someone like that it mm. it really depends on you know where you are in life and you know how good your life is and how good your environment is and if you're struggling then maybe seeing a therapist again or for the first time could help you find you know tools and figure out a direction of you know how you can reorient yourself to a place that you are feeling good about yourself again